BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. Hello and welcome to BizQuick, everybody. I'm Corey, as usual. What's happening, Julie? Hello. I am ready for this conversation. I feel like I'm. This is gonna be a little bit of a venting session for me. Okay, great. Man. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'll be interested to see where it goes. I'm We've not gonna got... vent at you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> like normal, but whatever. Um, <laughs> yes. We have Victoria Lee on. She is the CEO and co-founder of the 100 Pound Social. It's a UK company and they are a social media and marketing company. Um, they work with companies all over the globe and they do all sorts of other stuff, but their core business is social media marketing. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because um, before I realized that she was in the UK, I thought, what an interesting name for your company. But I realize now that's financially related. Yes. Her whole goal is that you can get social media marketing for 100 pounds a month. Yes. Nice. Okay. Yes. All right. But outside of the UK, that does make sense. You know, <laughs> well, let's say in America, for example. I'm sure in right. like the rest of Europe, they understand right. the difference. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, quite honestly, I was like, well, why is this bitch bragging about her weight? Like, what the <laughs> So, but this is money. This is money. So yes, this is, yes. you know, whatever. Okay. Um, you know, one of the things that um, Victoria um, likes to talk about is, you know, and, and focuses on is that, you know, growing your social media and like really like social media and content. So this is where I want to, I don't know if it's vent, rant, um, question, ask questions, because because you're not directly involved in social media, you might have a perspective that I just don't have um, that yours might have clarity. Here's the deal. Let's, let's start with just talking about like our podcast, right? So we took Zach Babcock's course on podcasting, right? It was a mastermind. It was great. And um, it was group coaching. And we went through that. And as a result, we saw our podcast listeners, the numbers, um, like skyrocketed. Yes. Okay. Then we, you know, like probably four or five weeks in a row, our numbers up, up, up climbing, like numbers we'd never seen before for our podcast. And we thought, oh, this is great. And so we just kept, you know, we did our thing, kept releasing episodes, we're recording episodes, we promote them the way that we had been. And then now our numbers are back down to where they were before the course, before the group coaching. And so my question is, do we have to consistently be putting that same effort into what we did during that five weeks with Zach, where we were emailing people and asking them to subscribe, to like, to download, to listen, to rate, review, we, I was posting in all these different groups on Facebook talking about our podcast. Um, we have to do that like on the daily to keep our numbers up at some point. Can it be this self-propelled machine or am I just, is this just the life we live 
Because the same is true for Instagram. So I'm going to pause now because I, I, I can see in your face you've got thoughts. Well, so I'm going to compare it to, let's say, managing your yard. If you want to have a nice, well-manicured lawn and flower beds and a garden and all of that other fun stuff, and you want it to look nice and you want it to all look nice, you have to spend a lot of time working on everything. But for most people, you have jobs and family and other obligations, and so you can only focus on one area at a time. And as you're focusing on that one area, everything else starts to decline. And then you focus on another area, and then that one that you were just on, that starts. And so it's this kind of balancing act of being okay with having everything kind of be just meh or focusing on, like, the centerpiece of your yard, your front lawn, whatever it is, or... Do you outsource? Do you hire somebody to come and work on the things that you you want to be good, but you can't, you don't have the time, you know, really the time to work on them? And I think that's our problem is that we, the podcast is not our main source of revenue. Correct. And so we have to focus the majority of our our time on our clients because that's where we make our money. But like our social media, there is still a trend up. It's slow. And if we think back to Lisa Cutter, when she said that with like 2%, you know, month over month organic growth of your of your social media followers is the goal, mm-hmm. we're at like 5%. So we're still above and beyond that. It's just slow because 5% of, you know, 500 is not a large number. Whereas right. like... 5% of 10,000 is a much larger number. Correct, so, yeah. So it's just it's just that slow kind of growth, and that's what we have to deal with. And yeah. then outsourcing is a, one way for us to be able to do that. Yeah, and I think that's where we have to remind ourselves, like, that it's not, like, social media in some instances is just a really big popularity contest, right? And as, you know, Tony, Tony Watley says, they're vanity numbers, but those numbers, even though they're vanity numbers, they're important because it helps to build awareness. It it lets people know you exist and pushes you out to the world. So it's that, yeah, well, you know, I love to take the position of, yeah, I don't care how many social media followers we have because that's just a vanity number. But the reality is there's a direct correlation. Like even when we think about our email list, I read the statistic over the weekend Nope, not over the weekend. I didn't work this past weekend. I read this statistics at some point that said you can, for every name on your email list, it equates to $2 in revenue a month, right? So obviously if you've got 10,000 names on your email list, that is significant. If you've got, you know, 10 names on your email list, that's not. So those numbers matter. They do matter because uh, they they also give your brand credibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that $2 uh, statistic that you have because there's so many things that factor into that industry, what you're selling, who you are, all of those things. Mm-hmm. So. You know, might have made that stat up. It's possible. Um, but <laughs> I, I didn't. I, I hate statistics like that. Because people are like, oh, why? well, you know, why I should be making $1,000 a month then. I've got 500 people. No, that's not how it works. It's what, probably when you hit a certain level, when you hit 10,000 email subscribers, that's when you're seeing $20,000 in revenue. 
But prior to that, you're seeing $0. There's probably some sort of barrier, some sort of ceiling mm. that you have to hit before that number actually makes sense. You know what that tells me? I should have read the whole article. Probably. You just <laughs> read the headline, didn't you? You were on BuzzFeed. Stay off there. <laughs> the Babylon Bee. <laughs> All right. Well, this is probably a really good place for us to take a break and bring in Victoria and talk about... All things marketing, outsourcing, and whatever other goodness she's going to bring to the show. We will see you after the break. Listen up, BizQuick fans. Julie and Corey are launching two new group coaching programs designed specifically for aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners. Small Business Startups is a 90-day program that will walk any aspiring entrepreneur through the steps required to launch a successful and solid business. The Small Business Accelerator is a nine-week coaching program that helps anyone with an existing business build a stronger foundation and create actionable goals to take their business to the next level. Check out both programs on our site under the services section or click on the link in the show notes to learn more. Now back to the show. And welcome back to the show, everybody. We have Victoria Lee on all the way from the UK to talk to us about social media, outsourcing, and whatever else we get into. Welcome to the show, Victoria. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're um, excited to have you. I just went on a little bit of a rant about um, the um, time that it takes to really grow a um, strong social media following or even a podcast like listenership, but Mm -hmm. not in the like long, like it takes months and months or years more in the, you have to put time into it every single day in order for it to sort of that compound effect. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a misconception. A lot of people have the social that they'll be able to do a big push get followers and then they can just kind of switch off and it'll run itself. And really it's that continuous every day, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And even when you're doing well, you still got to keep up that little bit regularly for it to main, you know, stay successful. It, there, is there no like tipping point where it just kind of like snowballs and starts running itself? Or do you literally have to put in work every single day, week, month? So I think there's definitely a tipping point where it snowballs and will start to kind of grow itself and kind of get bigger and bigger with less effort. But you're, there's when when you get to that point, there becomes kind of more work on the administration side. Then of course you're going to be getting lots of comments that need need your attention. You're going to be getting inbox messages. So whichever way you go with it, it's always, there's always going to be admin work around running the social presence. Um, but you will obviously get to a stage, and most business owners do get to a stage where They've got their social to a point that they're happy with and they know how to do it and they know how to run it and they then want to outsource it to someone so they can kind of take the pressure off doing it, doing that everyday kind of drudgery, if you will, themselves um, at some point if they want to. Excellent. Um, also, that's really sad news. <laughs> I know. That, that was actually very discouraging. <laughs> <laughs> it really was to know like, okay, Sorry. this is never going away. And, you know, there's always, it feels like, there's, a, you know, the introduction of new social channels. And so it's really important um, for small business owners. And this is, we coach our clients on, you know, you got to pick your strategy, right? You got to decide how many channels you want to be on and active on. And, you know, everybody always thinks, well, I want to be, I want to be on Facebook and I want to be on Instagram and I want to be on YouTube and I want LinkedIn and, oh, Twitter's great too. And, hey, how about if I do stuff on Pinterest? And I'm like, how big is your team? Yeah, 100%. And it can be really easy to get sidetracked when new social platforms come out. So like when Clubhouse came out, 
I spent a huge amount of time trying to figure out if we needed to have a really strong presence on Clubhouse. Hours and hours. And obviously, I run a social media business, so maybe that was time wisely invested. But for a lot of business owners, like you say, it's about picking your channels and sticking to it and not trying to do too much. We say to a lot of our customers that you'll get a better return on your investment if you can do an amazing job on one or two channels rather than spreading yourself really thinly over five channels, for example. Um, because at the end of the day, you will just end up having an, a kind of mediocre presence on all the channels if you don't have that time investment. And most small business owners don't have that time investment. Yeah. So how do you pick the channels? So like if, if we were to engage with you, how would you mm. pick the channels that best fit our needs? So it depends on the type of business. So as a company, we mainly work with B2B companies, so businesses selling services to other businesses. For our customer base, that means that LinkedIn is pretty much the hottest channel there is. It's where they get the biggest return on their investment. So for most B2B companies, we'd always recommend LinkedIn. If it would be to see company we were working with, we would look at the company before making the recommendations. So it would always, it would probably be Facebook or Instagram, the strongest channel for a B2B company. And whether it's Facebook or Instagram will depend on the company. So if they've got a very visual company, a very visual product or service they're selling, Instagram's usually the way forward. You do have some B2B companies that don't have that visual material to share. And that means Instagram often won't work that well for them because you've got to have the good imagery on Instagram to get the following. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, I hate, I hate LinkedIn with like every ounce of my being. Um, <laughs> but I, I know instinctively that that's probably the place where mm -hmm. it's the biggest bang for our buck. I also feel it's where the, it's, it, I feel like Instagram or I'm sorry, I keep saying Instagram. I feel like LinkedIn is so predatory right? Where you're just getting sold into inboxes at all into your inbox at all times. And it's just cold selling. And I always reply back and ask people if they want to hire us to help them with some sales coaching. Like, Hey, I can help you with your sales coaching because uh, your approach sucks. And I'm pretty direct with people. And I always wonder like when at some point I'm like, somebody's going to collect all my like, you know, jackass responses to people and put them together and say this is what it's like to work with SB Pace but the reality is like we would never coach any of our clients to to sell that way but we spend more time on Instagram and I don't mm -hmm. know if that's because um we are you know we're exclusively smokers we're, we're B2B but we're focused on small businesses and most of our clients are product-based businesses and so most of our clients don't have a strong presence on LinkedIn. Um, but I can't help but wonder if we spent more time on LinkedIn, would our customer, would our client portfolio look significantly different? I imagine it would quite quickly because you would, by being having a strong presence on LinkedIn, you'd start to attract those kind of B2B, more service-based businesses like consulting coaching those type of companies that maybe you're not working with at the moment but it, it, that's a really important point you just raised because for any business owner thinking of what platform they should be on they need to ultimately look at where their audience is so if you guys know that your audience are product-based business owners who are using Instagram it would actually not make much sense for you to move on and focus on LinkedIn unless you want to diversify and get that new client base you just discussed so that is probably the key thing for a business owner to think about is 
where are my clients hanging out? Where am I going to find them and on which platform? Yeah. And my wheels are spinning right now. Yeah, I know. Well, because I'm, I'm thinking right now, like back to, I don't know, somebody talking about, like we've had, and our website has changed probably once a week since we've started. Stop so, it. Um, <laughs> but one, one of the things that, that somebody brought up about our website and then when it came into the social media was that people wanted to see more pictures of us. They didn't want stock photos. They wanted it to be real. And that makes sense because they want to know who they're working with. They wanted to see pictures of us. They wanted to hear us talking and all of that. And you put a face to the business and that makes it more personal and people can make that connection. And I don't know, I don't have any social media, so um, I don't really like, I know how Instagram works kind of simply because I've been forced to be a part of Instagram, but um, like when it comes to LinkedIn or whatever, like it, that LinkedIn from what I've seen seems a lot more impersonal. It, it is in a way, but you will still get better results from it if you personalize it. So if you really build out your profile with different photos of you, with different examples of your work. You really use all the different sections that LinkedIn offers on the profile. So you can include links to kind of case studies or different pages on your websites or testimonials from clients. Um, so LinkedIn is definitely a little bit less personal because unlike Instagram, you probably won't also be posting, posting more personal photos. But the more you personalize LinkedIn, the better the results you're going to get from it. The clients that struggle with uh, from our client base um, are the clients that don't want to personalize, that don't really want to put up a photo or don't really want to put up a recent photo or don't really want to post about anything that relates to them personally. They want to keep it 100% professional. And actually that can be a bit of a hindrance to it succeeding because you need to put something of yourself onto LinkedIn to get build up that trust because LinkedIn is about a bit like Instagram, it's about people to people marketing. It's about somebody finding you on LinkedIn and going, I actually trust this person. They look like they've got good credentials and I can kind of get through the professional front and see who they are as an individual and I'm, I'm going to have a chat with them and invest 20 minutes in a call. And that's where business often takes off from on LinkedIn. That's an um, interesting take on LinkedIn, the, you know, personalizing it and the, it's the people to people marketing. I always feel um, really stiff and impersonal on LinkedIn. And I, I think um, updating my bio and maybe being, and really we, we talk all the time about how we want our, our business to re reflect our personality and who we are. Right. So that's a big part of our brand, but we don't really show that part of our brand on LinkedIn and I I'm not sure why and LinkedIn is where truly like I have the biggest network I have the biggest following on on LinkedIn and it's probably second only to Facebook but I don't I don't really use my personal page on Facebook to promote our business and I don't use we don't leverage the business page on Facebook that much simply because I just don't like the way that it is the from my from a usability perspective it's just really not crisp and clean to me and easy to understand what it looks like from a consumer perspective so if you logged on to our sb pace pay business page on facebook i'm not even entirely sure what it would look like for you because it just feels really clunky when you're looking at it from the owner's perspective i know i mean i hate the back end of facebook they changed it in the last year and made it so much harder to use 
But with when you're looking at kind of marketing through your Facebook page versus marketing through a personal LinkedIn profile, so I'm talking about a personal profile, not a company page on LinkedIn. What you'll find is if you look at if you publish the same post, the identical post to your Facebook page and then to LinkedIn, you'd actually find that the number of views on the Facebook page, it, it depends how many followers you've got, but it could be kind of 20, 50 people who saw that post. Whereas on LinkedIn, even if you've got under 500 connections, you're still going to be seeing um, around 200 people viewing every single post you publish. So the and once you've got up to kind of 10,000 connections, you're going to be getting thousands of people viewing each post you publish. So the visibility you get from publishing on LinkedIn compared to Facebook is actually massive. So if you're if you're a B2C business owner, this isn't that important because Facebook's still going to be the best place for you versus LinkedIn. But for B2B business owners, you've got so much more reach that you could be getting through LinkedIn than a platform like Facebook. So if you are comparing them and you decide your audience are on LinkedIn as well, it's probably going to be the place that you should be looking at investing some more time in. What's your opinion on mixing personal and professional pages? Because that's one thing, like Julie said, she's got thousands of connections on her personal LinkedIn account. But like, like I, I don't know, because like sometimes I feel like you should keep the two separate. But then I just was talking about how people want to make it more personal. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually think it's essential. If you are if you're running a small business with under kind of 10 employees, most people who, who make who look at your business will look at the founder before making that purchase if they want to work with you in your business so you as a founder have got to be really highly visible um and using your personal profile is going to get it's going to give you you and therefore your business that visibility for my company we have the five main team members we all have our linkedin profiles optimized almost as sales pages for the business so you go on any of our profiles and you can learn all about the business also learn about that individual team member and what they contribute towards the business and we get around 70 to 80% of new inquiries coming through LinkedIn and they come in through different team members' LinkedIn profiles. We don't get inquiries really through the company page um, on LinkedIn because LinkedIn has decided that it, it, if you're a company, it wants you to pay for advertising. So it restricts the visibility of anything you post on your company page. So we leverage the personal profiles, which are free to use for our marketing. Yep, we do the same thing. Most of our on LinkedIn, we'll post things to our business mm-hmm. page, but yeah. everything also goes through my personal page and it gets much more traction than on the business page. So we've just, 100%. the business page is almost pointless other than just to show mm-hmm. that it's a viable business. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I think it's still really important to make sure you regularly post that business page because we still get people who look at the business page and people who will comment if we don't have enough followers on the page. But at the end of the day, that's people who are already halfway through the sales process and nearly converted. Um, when you're looking to catch new people and pull in new prospects, it's the personal profile, like you said, where you're going to reach them through. Yeah. How much of the, when when it comes down to purchase decision, and I know this is really, it it, it it's a variable number, but how much, how much decision of, how much of the decision is weighted on the number of followers that you have on a social platform. So if you're LinkedIn and you've got a business page and you know you have less than 100 followers, is that is that a negative hit for your business? Same with Instagram or Facebook. We're not going to talk about Twitter because we quit Twitter. We're not we're not there anymore. We're not supporting Twitter. Yeah, 
Twitter that. Bless my guy there for Twitter. Um, I think it depends on the type of business you are. So we're, as a business, we're four years old. So we started in 2017. And in the first year of our business, we had two or three people come to us and say, why would we hire you? You've only got about 200 followers on your company LinkedIn page. Um, that's what, what kind of example is that you're setting when you're trying to sell social media marketing services? Fair point. Um, we've now obviously really grown our following, but we're a marketing business. So I think it depends on the type of business you are, of the impact that will have. But I would say even if you're selling, what, when you're selling something, you're selling your trustworthiness in the tr- and you're selling trust in your company. So whether you're selling a product or a service, the person purchasing needs to trust you. And a low number of followers on any social media platform can often be a sign that you're a new business, you don't have many employees, you don't have many people who purchased from you previously. So it can be off-putting. And I don't know if I can put a number on that, but it can definitely be off-putting in the sales process to the point where I would recommend any business does what they can to boost their following and really build up their social platforms or don't be on them. If you if you think you can't be bothered to build up your Twitter account, for example, don't be on Twitter. It's better than being on there with 20 followers. I've got one more question for you and then we're going to have to wrap up. But okay. you, have, um, you have a global reach. So you work with people all over the world. And, I, and especially in today's world where everything is done remote at this point, um, how like how does how do, how do you get that reach? Because technically, we could re- work with anybody, um, you know, in the in the world, assuming they speak English. Because unfortunately, we're we don't speak anything else but that. But um, you know, like, but our ninety nine point nine percent of the people we work with are in America. So how how do we expand that? Like, how do we grow globally? it's all about expanding the net. So if you're going to use social media as your marketing platform, it's about expanding your networks. So if you're on personal LinkedIn, it's about getting connections in the countries that you want to be in because the people who see your posts are your connections and then the connections are your connections. So if you want to get lots of clients in, I don't know, in the Netherlands, you want to build up your connection base in the Netherlands. Similarly, if you're doing on Facebook or Instagram, you'd need to use advertising to get followers within those countries that you want to target. Um, and then from there, it would be a kind of snowball effect. So once you've invested in enough advertising, got enough followers in that new, new geo location, you should start seeing a snowball effect. Their friends see them liking and commenting on your posts. Logical. Great. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> All right. Well, before we start to really wrap up, is there um, anything that we can do for you? How can we help you, Victoria? In, in in terms of um, in what sense? Sorry, A- any sense? Like you're the first person that's ever asked that question. <laughs> so now I'm like, hmm. Um, just you know, help you with growing your business, or you know, getting the the word out that you guys exist. What can we do for you? Well, I'd love to stay in touch after this podcast, and I'd love to to work on the marketing of this podcast with you to help get the episode out. Because I think that would help benefit both of us. Perfect. All right. Um, can you tell our listeners how they can um, find you? Of course. So if you want to find us, you can go to 100poundsocial.com. That's 100poundsocial.com. And you can book a call with us. You can contact us if you want to find out more about our low-cost social media marketing plans. And the plans start from £100 per month, which is about $135 US per month. 
Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on our show. We really appreciate it. Enjoyed having you and enjoyed the conversation. Thank you to our listeners. As always, we do this for you and everything you need to know about Victoria and her company is in the show notes. And if you want to work with us, you can connect with us on our social media. As we said, we're on LinkedIn, kind of. We're definitely on Instagram, Facebook. We've got a YouTube channel. Uh, Just started doing TikTok. And everything that you need to know to connect with us is on our website, sbpace.com. Yeah, and we're not kind of on LinkedIn. We are on LinkedIn. We're just going to, we're going to step it up a little bit. I'm not on LinkedIn, so I don't know. (laughs) You are not on LinkedIn. Um, Be sure to download and rate our podcast. You should also subscribe and give us a review. And if there's any topics that you're interested in hearing about, go ahead and just connect with us on our website, sbpace.com, and let us know about the topics. And don't forget to purchase our book, Seriously Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. We have a <clears throat> excuse me, a digital workbook download on our website. It's a number one Amazon bestseller. And if you've already purchased it, please go out there, rate, and review it for us. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across the globe.